Hey y'all, welcome to Fast Facts for Gen Z. I'm your host, Callie, and I don't know anything about anything. Uh, This is episode two in a philosophy mini-series, which is a collection of essays and formal papers I wrote as a philosophy major in the past uh, few semesters of my time in college. This episode is a paper titled The Definition of Pornography and Its Alignment with Definitions of Art. Uh, Hopefully the title gives this away, but this is an episode that is not particularly safe for work. When philosophers discuss the existence of pornography in relation to art, much of the skepticism about whether or not porn can be art is related to porn's ethical value. Lots of pornography certainly has questionable ethic value, especially that which depicts violence and subjugation of women. It's also worth questioning whether or not it's even possible, never mind if it's ethical, to attempt to examine pornography for artistic value outside of its ethic value. Still, I'm curious as to whether philosophers would come to a different conclusion about porn and art if the ethical question was set aside. As the feminist movement addresses porn and, quote, feminist porn, starts to remove some of the ethical red flags in porn, uh, it behooves philosophers to address the question, would feminist porn be art? To answer this, I believe that we must start by separating current pornography from its ethical challenges and investigating it as a possible art form, free of judgment, stigma, and sticky morals. To attempt to define pornography without making a moral judgment would mean taking historical and current definitions and distilling them to describe what porn is, not what porn is like or what porn means. Many proposed definitions of pornography cause conflicts where there are are none, uh, by means of confusion and miscommunication. Because of this, it is important to clarify which definition of pornography I will be referring to in this essay, if I am using any current definition. If not, it is important to clarify my own definition. At the most complex and most ethically concerned, quote, pornography is recognized as a practice of civil inequality on the basis of gender. Of gender. This is from a, a, a paper by Dworkin and McKinnon. Naturally, this is an incomplete definition as it doesn't attempt to describe how to identify pornography, just describes its ethical value. Nevertheless, this definition by prominent feminist voices on the topic sheds a light on what, to them, is the most important part of pornography. This definition implies that the most important part of porn is, in fact, the ethical concern, implying that any sexual media that doesn't subjugate uh, isn't porn. Another definition which highlights the ethical concern is this. Pornography is sexually explicit material designed to produce sexual arousal in consumers that is bad in a certain way. West 2012. This definition can be observed in many discussions, given that when sexually explicit content is not bad in some way, uh, it is not called porn, but instead often called erotica. This appears to be a common definition, and it aligns with many of pornography's connotations and subsequent judgments against it. However, I do not think 
that a piece of content has to have explicitly harmful content in order to be called pornography. After all, by this definition, feminist porn without harm to women wouldn't even be porn. On the other end of the spectrum, pornography has been defined as all sexually explicit content. The phrase sexually explicit is vague. As different cultures and times have different definitions of what is sexually explicit and what is not, that means porn for one person might look completely different from porn to another person, and they might still be both pornography. This definition is too subjective and broad for effective use in this essay. We would have to accept all definitions of what is sexually explicit, which would make anatomical images in medical texts technically pornography, when it is fair to say that they are not. My working definition of pornography needs to be specific, but many existing specific definitions introduce value judgments and negative connotations. Even the phrase sexually explicit has negative connotations of breaking taboos or showing what ought to be censored. For the sake of questioning whether or not porn is art, it is important to remove value judgments, such as bad, from the definition. The art world is not concerned with a moral goodness or badness of a piece of art, at least not in terms of its inclusion. The birth of a nation is art, despite its morally objectionable content. Of course, it might also be bad art, bad at being art, but it is still art, even if it is also morally bad. I'm not concerned with whether or not pornography is good art, nor am I concerned with whether or not pornography is good. I'm just concerned with whether or not pornography is art. For that reason, I'll be working with a value-free but specific definition of pornography. Pornography is a media portrayal, either in written words, images, or audio, of sex or sexual content for the sole and discrete purpose of sexual arousal and pleasure for the viewer. The next step in determining if porn is art, after defining porn, is to define art. I know this is a pretentious paper. Bear with me. This in itself is a major challenge in the philosophical wor world, so for this paper, I will attempt to decide on a relatively concise and clear definition of criteria to which I can compare pornography. Historical definitions of, of art are typically simpler, but they're also more easily challenged because of their simplicity. For example, the representational, expressive, and formalist definitions can all be refuted by examples of things with representational, expressive, or formal qualities that are not art. Contemporary definitions tend to be more specific and fall into several categories. Institutional, historical, functional, and hybrid definitions. Institutional definitions of art emphasize uh, place emphasis on the work's acceptance into some social institution, typically a defined art world. The art world includes physical institutions like galleries and museums, as well as social, like guilds and economic institutions like auctions and the art trade. However, the institutional inclusion is not infallible, like in the case of Henry Darger, a man who never attempted to have himself or his work be accepted into art world institutions, and whom the art world considers an outsider, whose work is nevertheless often considered to be art. Art world institutions can also make decisions about works that the general public finds controversial, like in the case of Jackson Pollock's drip paintings. Much of the general public disagrees that these works count as art while others in the art world laud him for talent and passion. Institutional definitions are important to artists, especially because institutional inclusion allows creators to financially survive off of their art. 
but solely institutional definitions are simplistic and one-sided. Institutional definitions ignore artist intent, uh, any qualities of the works themselves, and any viewer opinion from the outside of the institutions. A broader approach is needed. Historical definitions hold that for a work to be considered art, it must have some relation to previous artworks or art movements. Think about precedents in legal cases. The artwork must bear some sort of resemblance in form, medium, style, etc. to pre-existing works of art. These pre-existing works of art are classified as such because of some resemblance to even earlier art, or because they are regarded e either as inherently art, or they're an extremely early art form like Paleolithic cave paintings or the Seven Wonders of the Ancient World. Historical definitions often receive similar criticism to institutional definitions in that they rely on art institutions and traditions without addressing what makes those traditions count as art. Historical definitions also receive criticism on the account that art from sources that have not previously been considered, such as alien, natural, or outsider art, cannot be defined as art. Additionally, it's reasonable to assume that there have been works of art in the past, likely from non-Western cultures, that were not classified as art. Therefore, current works drawn on those works uh, could not also be classified as art. Pornography could potentially fall under this criticism, since it's not typically considered to be art within institutions or in historical definitions, which could prevent it from being considered art now. Now, the functional definitions of art, they're mostly concerned with aesthetics. Generally, art is considered to rely heavily on aesthetics, but it's important to note that philosophers differentiate artistic qualities from purely aesthetic ones because art is not just aesthetics. If art were purely aesthetic in nature, the definition would be simple. Anything with interesting aesthetic qualities, including everyday objects and natural occurrences, would be art, and artworks that seemingly lack aesthetic attention would not be art. Still, examining art for aesthetic quality has value, since most study of art is concerned with analyzing aesthetics. Generally, a work should have aesthetic qualities that it was intentionally given. Aesthetic definitions are both broad and inclusive, uh, with Leo uh, Janois' bank blank paper likely not being art, but a manicured lawn of grass could be. For my purposes, I will define art as an expression and interpretation of real life, not necessarily imitative, that can be identified by a combination of creator intent to make art, creator intent for the art to achieve some combination of goals, either expression or to elicit an emotion or to further a political cause, inclusion in the art world institutions, and viewer opinion. None of these factors can make something a piece of art on their own, nor do I think all of them are necessary at once, but some combination of these ensure that a variety of works can be labeled art. This is partially an institutional definition, but it also has significant subjective components which reduce elitism and economic strangulation of purely institutional definitions. I will use these criteria to assess whether or not porn can qualify as art. Pornography is an aestheticization of a facet of real life, not unlike lots of art. Pornography's representation of sex is sometimes imitative, often a fantasy, and occasionally a mostly accurate documentation of real life sex. 
It is creative and expressive, but somewhat limited in terms of its content and goals. While a conventional artist's goal of creation might be to express some feelings or just to make art, a pornographer's goal of creation is always first to elicit sexual arousal in the viewer. Any creative expression is a secondary goal. It may be possible for a person to create sexual content that is primarily meant for creative expression, and any sexual arousal in the viewer is secondary, but in my definition, this type of content is not pornography. This type of content is art that is pornographic in nature, but it is not pornography. Pornography must be intended to elicit sexual arousal and bring pleasure to the viewer. It is possible to argue for classifying pornography as art because some pornography creators may consider themselves to be artists and may consider their creations to be art. In many definitions of art, creator intent is among the most important criteria. If a creator intends something to be art, who gets to say they are mistaken? If a creator cannot decide if they have made art or not, who can? Nobody can. A writer may have written erotica and called it porn, or written porn and called it erotica. A video creator may have filmed something that some might call porn, but may actually fall under a classification of art. This distinction comes up in personal, sexually explicit content, particularly taking nude self-portraits. While many people take nudes to sexually arouse partners or potential partners, others take them purely as a form of self-expression and self-love. Seeing these images may motivate some to call them pornography, but while they may be sexually explicit, sexual arousal is not always the intent of the photographer. The photographer may be engaging in artistic expression by curating their aesthetic appearance to match some creative ideal in their mind. In cases where display to others is not the intent of creation, even the most sexually explicit content is not porn, it's art. Nudes, taken with the intent to arouse other people, even an, in an individual partner, have a much stronger case for being classified as porn instead of art. Another example of misclassified art is revenge porn. The non-consensual distribution of nude photographs or videos of sex, often called revenge porn, is misnamed. Revenge porn can take the form of leaking nudes, secretly sharing videos between friends, or uploading sex tapes that were intended to be private to public pornography websites. Often the content in revenge porn was not made for distribution or for anyone else to see. Sometimes the content has been shared with a partner intending to cause sexual arousal, in which case it is correctly named pornography. But when the content is stolen off of a personal device and distributed without consent, that content is usually art, which makes the action not revenge porn, but instead stolen art. What makes a piece of what makes the piece pornography or art is not what the creator intended to make art and whether they intended or not. It's what the original creator intended the piece to do. A person may create self-expressive content meant to sexually arouse for a political cause like women's liberation. Alternatively, a person may create expressive sexual content meant to elicit additional emotional responses. Art is created for a variety of purposes and often a combination of them. Porn, for lack of better phrasing, is just sex. 
To further distinguish the difference between pornography and art that is pornographic, consider some examples. A movie with a sex scene is art with pornographic content. But a fanfiction of the same movie meant solely for reader sexual arousal is porn, even if it has some storytelling elements. Consider creator-assigned fanfiction tags porn with plot versus porn without plot. An audio recording of a sexual encounter meant to be listened to for sexual arousal is porn, while a song that describes sexual activities and includes moans or other sounds typically associated with sex in order to enhance the music's aesthetic qualities is not porn. A comic mainly including sexual content could be porn or art, depending on whether the comic is just made to arouse or if there are other creative goals. Pornography, for all its complexities, is simple. Pornography only relates to sex. Once a piece of media ventures into other goals, it enters the realms of erotica and pornographic art. Porn does not have to be harmful to be porn, but it must not be for political purpose or primarily creative, else it's no longer porn. Art is significantly more complicated to define and rarely has an individual purpose, especially not one outside the creator. Pornography has very few of the qualities of art, and if a piece of sexual content does possess qualities of art, then it is most likely not pornography at all. Thank you for listening to this podcast, this, um, this reading of the paper. Um, when I explain it to others, I usually say, um, the conclusion I drew was that porn is not art, but a lot of the things that we think are porn are not porn. Uh, do with that what you will. If you'd like to read this paper, it's available on my transcript website, which is new. So please check the description of the podcast and the, um, the sort of podcast summary on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, there's a couple more of these episodes coming out in um, sometime soon. I love you much. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.